You're listening to the One Two Three Show with me, Noreen Mir, this Tuesday afternoon. Now let's turn to our first topic and guest of today. In the next ten minutes or so, we're talking about insurance and what you need to understand about it. Because let's be honest, how many of you cringe when you hear the word insurance, and how many of you think it's not actually worth it? Well, to comment on this, I'm delighted to be joined by Simon Parfit from Piermont Wealth Management. Welcome back on the program, Simon. Thank you very much for joining us this afternoon. Annoying. Thanks for having me again. So, how, how have you been doing uh, during this whole coronavirus outbreak? Are you working from home? Um, have you been? Yeah, no, very well, thanks. I'm definitely working from home more um, using technology. So, Zoom and such like is proving to be quite uh, quite useful, but certainly um, interesting times. Absolutely. Well, we're using technology. We're, we're using WhatsApp call at the moment. And like you pointed out, let's just hope nobody calls either of us during the the, the segment. Otherwise, yeah. it sort of overrides it. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, I mean, you must get this a lot then. You work in the industry. I mean, what is the perception of the word insurance? I think, um, you know, I, I laughed when you said the word cringe because I think um, that you, th- th- there is that, unfortunately. I think that people do have a negative connotation of insurance. And to a certain extent, it's understandable why people think that, I think, and how it's been historically sort of marketed. But we shouldn't forget that it does have a very important sort of purpose as well. Uh, I mean, let's talk a little bit of what people's reaction. I mean, when you talk about insurance, why why don't people want to talk about it or want to get insurance? What are some of the reasons you've heard of? I mean, I think you're right that there is a misconception that it is expensive, um, that it can be a waste of money, um, and that sometimes people are buying something which is not actually going to benefit them or their family in the long run. And and again, I'm not sort of inclined or dis- inclined to disagree with that necessarily. That's why whatever you're doing has got to be appropriate to your circumstances, and that really you should understand exactly what it is that you are buying um, and the purpose of why you're buying it for as well. Absolutely. I think it can be quite confusing. I mean, when we talk about insurance, there are so many different aspects of it. And sometimes people just don't really understand what it's about. I mean, uh, you know, is it home insurance? Is it life insurance? Critically ill insurance? There's just so much under the whole umbrella, which can be confusing for some people. I think the funny thing there is that people are probably more inclined to insure things which are not necessarily as important. And by that, I mean, we all rush to insure our mobile phones because if we drop them, you know, we know it's going to be expensive to repair them. And we insure our cars because we have to. And we insure our homes because it's sensible to. But I think the big gap is actually insuring ourselves, you know, insuring our lives and ensuring um, that in the event of falling critically or that our families are taken care of. And that's probably the part which has um, the the more sort of negative um, connotation about it. And I think it is very confusing. You know, you're right. The the marketeers behind insurance companies are very good at packaging products together that um, have got all these bells and whistles. And I think that for most people, if these things were kept uh, uh, um, uh, simpler um, and the sort of the insurance part and the savings parts of these things were kept separate, that they could get a much better outcome. Um, They would have something which um, really serves its purpose and would also be more cost-effective that way as well. Well, yes, you raised a really good point because there are some insurances which claim to be insurances, but actually they are saving plans. Um, And if you die while putting money into it, you won't get anything, actually. Um, And it's only if you've invested over a number of years, 5, 10, 15, even to 30 years, then that's when you start, well, that that's when you start 
getting money back. And that's really savings rather than an insurance. Well, I think you're right. and I, But I think it's probably more that those are marketed the other way around, that these sorts of products are marketed as savings products, whereas in reality, they are a derivative of a insurance product. Oh, um, and often they are packaged as a means of yeah, saving for your children's education or for, um, you know, saving for your retirement. But you are right that because there is that insurance element, if something does happen to you, during that sort of period of time um, that the policies enforce, it can result in in actually uh, not getting very much um, back or, or not getting what you uh, expected um, to get. Yes. So let's talk a little bit about the types of insurances that, that people uh, should be looking at. Of course, all of this really depends on your circumstances um, because insuring, uh, getting insurance is really not just for yourself. It's really for, you know, for people who, who will lose out financially if you don't get an insurance. So um, let's talk about the essential ones that you think that people should be looking at. I think the first um, point there is that insurance isn't necessarily for everybody. And the question that I would always ask somebody is, well, if something happened to you or another member of your family, you know, in particular your spouse, um, if something happened, would the family be okay financially? And if the answer to that question is yes, well, maybe there is less of a need to take out some separate form of um, insurance. If, however, the answer to that question is no, or that there would be a gap, or that there might be a problem, um, that's when insurance can really sort of um, serve its its purpose. Um, I think in Hong Kong, we're lucky that uh, we, we have a very good public health system, and in other countries that some of the listeners come from may also have good public health care systems. Um, so is there a need to have private health insurance? Well, Again, no, not necessarily not, but it's more about the comfort and perhaps the perceived additional level of support and care that you can receive in a, in a, in a, in a private hospital. So health insurance is certainly uh, one of those um, considerations. I think the second, the main one um, would be life insurance, which of course does what it says on the tin. You know, it's there to protect you in the event of, uh, or really it's there to protect your family in the event of something happening to you um, or you, you're, you pass away rather and and i think the purpose of life insurance then is to cover of course a loss of income to the family if you're no longer there it's to be able to clear debts and liabilities that you might um, have and perhaps also to be able to support the children in the way that you'd hoped to you know had you continue to work as expected um, and then the second sort of part of that would then be the uh, the, the critical illness side or the um, disability type cover. And that sometimes can be confused with health insurance and where health insurance is really to cover the actual costs of medical treatment, i.e. you're going to the doctors and it's paying for your health care. Um, the critical illness insurance is more designed to actually pay a lump sum of money to again to replace that loss of income because you're unable to work. Yeah. So each of these things do have a, a, a slightly different purpose. I've also heard of an income insurance. Uh, uh, what is that exactly? Uh, it's so when you, you lose your job and then you get you get paid out money. Have, have you heard of that? Well, there is income protection insurance, but normally that's actually in the event of a disability uh-huh. rather than the event of redundancy or or or, um, or job loss. 
Oh, I see. Um, and there's not many of those sorts of solutions available in, in, in Hong Kong, um, actually. And also some employees do have an element of short-term disability cover as part of what they would offer their uh, in, employees as well. And in fact, I think that's something which is often overlooked. I, I would say eight out of ten people that I would meet um, are very unaware of what is actually covered for them from their employers. And the range is quite significant. You know, some employers are far better than others in terms of the amount of life insurance that they offer employees. Um, some employers offer very comprehensive uh, health insurance um, and, some in- and, and some employers offer health insurance which just covers um, a little bit or, or, or some of what you might like. So I think actually assessing what you have already is an important first step of also understanding if you need any more or not. Yeah. Um, yeah, sorry, go on, Simon. Well, I was going to say, I think an important element of that is often the maternity care um, for when, you know, for, for people that would like to give birth in a, uh, the Matilda or a, a private hospital, that often the maternity cover via an employee plan would not be sufficient. But then they also have to be mindful of the waiting periods that often private medical insurance doesn't then pay out for a period of time. So you can't just go and get a, a, a private health care because you're, you know, you want to go to the Matilda and you're already pregnant. Um, that's something that you already need to have in place in advance. So there's just these things to uh, to be mindful of. And sometimes well in advance, you, you can't get an, a maternity insurance and then get pregnant the next month. And uh, apparently uh, you need a certain uh, number of months before it kicks in. That's right. It has what's called a waiting period, and this uh, um, and, and and this ranges from sort of eight to twelve months is typically what I've uh, you know what I've seen in wow. the past. So yes, um, so I think like with all of these things, a bit of forethought and uh, and foreplanning, um, you know, is 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 useful. And hopefully, your employer plan will also cover a good element of that. Um, and I, that's why I think the first step is to make sure you know understand what you've already got from your employer, um, and then you can assess well are there additional gaps that you need to be mindful of. Yes. Let's talk about the critical illness one. I've heard that uh, uh, um, thrown around uh, a lot recently. So that's different, as you said, from the health insurance. And um, so how does that work then, the critically ill one? That's when you say you get a, a terrible illness like cancer. And, um, and, and what happens if you have that insurance? That's right. So I think that um, critical illness is also sometimes confused with uh, total permanent disability um, cover. And and to start with total permanent disability, that is normally um, something that would render you incapable of doing your normal um, uh, uh, job, your normal daily routine. And typically that would be loss of limbs and loss of eyesight. So if you were in an unfortunate accident and that was to happen to you, you wouldn't necessarily be critically ill, but you would have a total or potentially a total and permanent um, disability. Critical illnesses are are typically the range of things that you've already mentioned, like cancer, um, heart attacks, strokes, and other major illnesses. And they're designed to pay out a a lump sum of money that obviously you've um, predetermined the amount that would be useful for you in the event of you incurring um, one uh, one of those illnesses. Is that a one-off um, or then do you pay a little bit more extra to keep it going um, and then you get more in the future? 
there are there are plans which are called multi-pay plans where um, they would pay out in the event of you getting an illness and then it coming back or you getting something uh, uh, another critical illness but typically um, these plans would normally pay out that lump sum of money once and then that's the end of the the policy and again that's why i think it's important if you're considering these things to understand well what are the eventualities that you're looking to cover um and to take some guidance on well what's the most appropriate way of making sure that your you know family are protected yeah are there types of people typically who go for insurance i mean for example i never even considered insurance um in my early 20s um you know young and, and healthy you don't really think about it it's not until you sort of think about planning a family or having children that you think, uh-oh, um, is that the type of clients that, that you see as well, typically sort of the, the ones who have children, really? Well, I think you're right that it often takes a major life event to sort of give you the inertia to do something about it. Um, now, from a life insurance perspective, yes, if you're in your early 20s, is there a need to have life insurance? Well, no, possibly not. But one of the interesting things with um, term insurance, which is it's covering you for a, a defined period of time, is if you were doing this when you were 25, you would likely pay less between the age of 25 and 65 than you would between the age of 30 and 65 or 35 and 65 and so on and so forth. Yeah. So actually, the younger you are when you do these things, the cheaper it is, and you are having that additional, um, you know, peace of mind as well. Now, of course, you do need to be thinking about the stage of life that you're at. I think sometimes single people think, well, I don't have another person that I'm particularly needing to protect. But if you're single and perhaps more reliant on your own finances, that's where things like critical illness and the income protection type covers, those become more pertinent to your circumstances. Um, but yes, if you have children, then of course, protecting your children is, you know, is of paramount sort of importance. And therefore, that's when the life insurance uh, um, perhaps becomes more of a, a, a pressing priority. Yeah, well, and also um, in Hong Kong, where a lot of uh, people also look after their, their parents also, so maybe they don't have children, but they've got to look after their parents. So maybe that there's also that to factor in too. Uh, well, yes, there is. But uh, with life insurance, it, it's always the cost of it is based on the age and the situation of the person that you're insuring. So I think you're right that that's probably more considering if something were to happen to you, having money that could be used for the ongoing care of your relative and, and loved one, rather than you perhaps insuring that yes. individual because if it's for elder parents or elder family members um, then whilst you couldn't take out an insurance on them that's when it's likely to become more expensive um, just because of the you know the, their age and the statistical likelihood of something happening um, to them. Yes well remind our listeners once again Simon how they can find out more uh, uh, about you and your work. Have you got a website or a Facebook page? Yes, so we do. So our company is um, Piermont Wealth Management. So that's P-Y-R-M-O-N-T. And our website is uh, piermontwm.com. And our Facebook page is also Piermont Wealth Management. Many thanks once again for your time uh, today. And that's uh, Simon Parfit from Piermont Wealth Management. I hope our listeners will be uh, less confused and, and cringe less when they hear the word uh, insurance and, and look into it a little bit more. Thank you very much indeed for your time, Simon. Thanks, Maureen. Thank you.